If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Elio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, continuing on with our Women's History Month celebration, we are discussing Anita Hill. And just to be specific... We're discussing who's to blame for the treatment of Anita Hill during the Judge Clarence Thomas hearings. Here's what you need to know. In 1991, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall announced his retirement. Marshall had been an influential leader of the civil rights movement, as well as the court's first African-American member. His retirement was a major blow for Democrats, as it was now up to Republican President George H.W. Bush to choose a judge to fill his seat. On July 1, 1991, President Bush nominated Clarence Thomas. Thomas was a 43-year-old African-American judge currently serving in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal District in Washington, a position to which he had been appointed by Bush just one year earlier. 
Thomas had also previously served as head of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, during the Reagan administration. He was young, which guaranteed a long tenure, and very conservative, two qualities in a nominee that Bush thought would please his electoral base in his coming election. As Thomas's confirmation hearings got underway, it seemed his would be an easy endorsement. He evaded favoring any one side when asked about controversial topics like his stance on abortion. But toward the end of his nomination process, behind-the-scenes allegations emerged about a former employee of Thomas who said the judge had repeatedly made sexually explicit and offensive remarks to her. That employee was 35-year-old Anita Hill. Hill, who is African American, had served as Thomas's aide at the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights and subsequently at the EEOC eight years earlier. Before the Senate Judiciary Committee met to vote on Thomas's confirmation, they decided to pause the nomination and look further into Hill's allegations. That's when Hill got a knock at her door from the FBI. Hill had not wanted to be publicly identified and therefore had refused to speak to staffers about the allegations. But now, with the FBI involved in the matter, she was interviewed under oath and her statement was sent to the committee. On October 11, 1991, Hill was called to testify at the televised hearings before the all-white and all-male Senate Judiciary Committee. Judge Thomas was allowed to speak before Hill at the hearings, an opportunity he used to deny her allegations. Then, Hill gave her testimony. She spoke in a calm and even tone as she detailed her accusations of sexual harassment by Judge Thomas. Hill described how Judge Thomas had repeatedly asked her to go out with him in a social capacity and would not take no for an answer. After a brief discussion of work, he would turn the conversation to a discussion of sexual matters. His conversations were very vivid. He spoke about acts that he had seen in pornographic films involving such matters as women having sex with animals and films showing group sex or rape scenes. He talked about pornographic materials depicting individuals with large penises or large breasts involved in various sex acts. On several occasions, Thomas told me graphically of his own sexual prowess. Because I was extremely uncomfortable talking about sex with him at all, and particularly in such a graphic way, I told him that I did not want to talk about these subjects. I would also try to change the subject to education matters or to non-sexual personal matters, such as his background or his beliefs. My efforts to change the subject were rarely successful. I have no personal vendetta against Clarence Thomas. I seek only to provide the committee with information which it may regard as relevant. It would have been more comfortable to remain silent I took no initiative to inform anyone. But when I was asked by a representative of this committee to report my experience, I felt that I had to tell the truth. I could not keep silent. Hill was then grilled by the male senators in the committee and asked to repeat parts of her statement, 
that she clearly felt uncomfortable repeating. You testified this morning that the most embarrassing question involved, this is not too bad, women's large breasts, that's a word we use all the time. Is your testimony in October of 1991 on events that occurred eight, ten years ago, how sure can you expect this committee to be on the accuracy of your statements? I've got to determine what your motivation might be. Are you a scorned woman? Do you have a militant attitude relative to the area of civil rights? Do you have a martyr complex? The issue of fantasy has arisen. Are you interested in writing a book? The witness did not say anything to the FBI about uh, the described size of his penis, the description of the movie Long Dong Silver, about the pubic hair in the coke. Later that same evening, Judge Thomas was then allowed to respond to Hill's statement. This time, clearly in a more agitated state, Thomas once again inequivocally denied all of the allegations and accused the committee of facilitating a racist smear campaign against him. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured by a committee of the U.S. US Senate rather than hung from a tree. The hearing continued for another three days. Republican senators read various statements accusing Hill of being delusional, unstable, and obsessed to the point of making up fantasies about her relationship with Judge Thomas. On October 15, 1991, Judge Clarence Thomas was confirmed, 52 to 48, the narrowest margin in more than a century. Three other potential witnesses who had spoken out about Thomas's inappropriate behavior and were willing to testify were never called upon at the hearings. Thomas is now the longest-serving justice in the Supreme Court. According to CNN, Thomas has emerged as a star of the conservative Federalist Society and frequently speaks before the group to standing ovations. In 2013, Thomas told an audience, quote, I've gotten to the point where it's like the priesthood. This is what I was called to do. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. Thomas was confirmed with 52 votes, a bare majority that included 41 Republicans and 11 Democrats. According to the New York Times, in the year after Hill's testimony, complaints to the EEOC about sexual harassment went up 73%. In the year after, a record number of women ran for Congress. After three days of, quote, he said, she said, a New York Times poll found Americans overwhelmingly believed Thomas, 58%, compared with 24% of people who believed Hill. Republican Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Orrin Hatch of Utah and Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont 
were all members of the Senate Judiciary Committee when the panel heard Anita Hill's blockbuster testimony in 1991 against the nomination of now Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. According to CNN, all three senators remain on the committee and question President Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. At the time of the hearings, Hill was teaching commercial law at Oklahoma State University, where she had become the first tenured African-American professor. Following death threats and a strong push from Republican politicians in Oklahoma for her to get fired, even though she was tenured, Hill relocated to Massachusetts two years later. Hill is currently a professor teaching courses on gender, race, social policy, and legal history at Brandeis University. Professor, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth will help you God? I do. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Alarmy. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi, everyone. And our very special guest today is Kulap Vilaisak, writer, comedian, and host of the podcast Add to Cart. Hi, Kulap. Hi. Aloha. Yes, we are feeling uh, more hopeful now in 2021. I feel like I'm... (laughs) Holding a coconut and like relaxing on the beach. <laughs> Hopes of a vacation. Cool up. Uh, we like to, you know, t- why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Add to Cart? Uh, it is a podcast that Suchin Pak and I from MTV News, uh, we co-host together on the Lemonada Media Network. It is about what we buy and what we buy into. So yes, is it about serums? Absolutely. <laughs> Why do I buy that serum? What am I grasping to? Is it youth? Is it hope? Is it mm. filling a void in this time of isolation and loneliness? Mm. Maybe it's all of the above. Mm. Add to cart. <laughs> wow. So, you know, we'd like to start our podcast by asking our guests, what is something that is alarming you these days? What is something that's causing you to stay up at night? Now is not the time to put people in jail. I know you explained it to me. <laughs> I would love no. to put people in jail right away. Wait, you, you just want to put people in your life in jail? <laughs> oh, okay. Not in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I am very upset by uh, uh by Alan V Farrow and oh. I remain I remain uh, upset days after watching the, th- the three episodes back to back and the finale is coming very soon. Um, maybe at the time of the recording, it's already come out and I've already broken my couch in two. It makes me want to Hulk out. Like it drives <gasps> me so insane. Is it the? Th- the events that happened, the filmmaking, or is it just Woody Allen in, in general? Which, have which you not elements? watched it? No, I we're in Canada. We're in Canada. We oh, okay. Don't everything. don't answer them. You guys okay. have to watch oh. it. Okay, okay. Oh. okay. It's it, so bad. I, I mean, I, without giving anything away, it is it is Woody, Woody Allen, and unlike what we're going to talk about <laughs> soon, the forces that condone, support, uphold, help him get away mm. Uh, mm. so you're in the perfect mind space for yes, this topic yes <laughs> yes 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 I have a feeling so, somehow Woody Allen is going to go to jail for the Anita Hill here <laughs> why not We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll draw that. Would those be a real Woody Allen twist, you know, like sort of an oddball <laughs> zany twist, mm, like a yeah. typical in his movies. We'll see. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, Chris. Um, well, let's start by uh, 
talking about these how these allegations came up, uh, the Anita Hill allegations came up, because it is a big part of how the information surrounding Anita Hill has been mis- misconstrued. After Thomas is nominated, this triggers a vetting process. So she, it, it's been eight years since Anita Hill uh, has stopped working with Thomas. But, you know, what they do is they pretty much, you know, interview anyone who has worked closely with him. And that's when they go, that's when Hill gets the call and is asked about her experience working with Thomas. It, it wasn't until that moment that Hill spoke about the sexual harassment um, she had told friends and she had written about it in a diary, but she had never made a formal complaint. So, you know, th- wh- what's been said now is that like, oh, all of a sudden she's coming up with these allegations. No, she was asked, right, as part of this process. Hill doesn't want to reveal her identity, but she wanted to write the statement herself because she didn't want it to come from someone else's mouth. Um, so she writes a statement, she puts her name on it, and sends it to the committee. What she thought was supposed to be confidential, mm. it gets leaked. And once it's leaked, the pressure from the press and the, and the public make the Senate Judi- Judiciary Committee reconvene, because they had already held the hearings and closed them. They reconvene, they reopen the hearings. That's when she's subpoenaed, and she's told that she has to testify, and the rest is history, as we know. Now, the, the thing with the Anita Hill is that, like, you know, afterwards there's this all, there, the, the big thing about her is, like, why did she, it's all about timing, right? Why does she choose now to come out and say these allegations uh, about Thomas? It, it's, it, you know, they, they painted her in this, like, very vindictive way opportunistic yes opportunistic perfect which what a great opportunity (laughs) (laughs) you know that what that that, this is me i really want the limelight (laughs) i got i got what i wanted right like what (laughs) when you're a little girl and you you're you know falling asleep at night you can only hope that this is (laughs) this is how it really plays out for you yeah, that you'll have to repeat over and over things that make you uncomfortable and you never wanted to talk about. But you went, I don't know. He's a young, a young man, 40, what, 43. This is a lifelong yeah. appointment. So let's put <laughs> Clarence Thomas up on the board. Okay. Not only did he harass Hill, also, he famously called the proceedings a high-tech lynching of uppity blacks. With that, Thomas set the terms for the conversation. Sitting in front of an all-white, all-male Senate Judiciary Committee, he strategically changed the focus of the hearing from sexual harassment allegations against him to alleged racist politicking from the Senate. Well, you know, it's it, we see it now a lot, you know, Pierce Morgan crying bully when he's the biggest bully. It, it, it's su- such such verbal gymnastics and logic gymnastics um, for people who are by and large inflexible in their beliefs. It, it's truly astounding. It's also interesting, you know, when you put Clarence Thomas next to Anita Hill, it's like, so how is listening to her somehow racist you know what i mean it's like it's just interesting it reminds me of when uh brett kavanaugh had his temper tantrum you know and like cried (laughs) and screamed and was like how dare you it's like well wait a minute how dare you Mm. right according to a critical analysis of his of judge clarence's statement thomas employed three image restoration strategies in his defensive discourse denial 
bolstering and attacking his accusers. His defense was judged to be well-designed. The first two strategies respond to charges of sexual harassment, making it possible for senators to vote to confirm Thomas. The last strategy accuses senators opposing of Thomas of racism, providing motivation for senators to cast the vote. Despite the fact that they stood in judgment of Thomas, it was a wise attack the Senate it was wise to attack the Senate in this fashion. Thomas made his goal, confirmation, into the means for achieving the Senate's goal, which was dispelling charges of racism toward Thomas. Mm. It was also wise to avoid attacking Professor Hill because that act would have placed Thomas in the role of attacker and Hill in the role of victim, as her accusations of sexual harassment alleged. It's interesting, too, though, because it's like there is a point there, like this Senate Judiciary Committee why was it 14 white men? Because uh, yeah. the 90, 98% of the Senate was white at the time and male. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until the year after Anita Hill that uh, the women in Congress, I believe, doubled. So it was a turning point for women in politics in that we, we all realize, I think women at the time realized, whoa, 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 like that, that's not okay. And we can do something about it. So should we put a mostly all white male Senate up on the board? Well, like, we definitely could- should put the, the, all, the all white Senate Judiciary Committee up on the board. And before we talk about the Senate Judiciary Committee, I do want to put up misogynoir, oh. a term that's, that's, that's come up in my research. And also it was recommended by one of our listeners, Chris, on Instagram. Thomas's lynching statement, this is according to Vox, was remarkable, considering the metaphor was being used to discredit allegations made by Hill, who is black, and yet there, there is a term for this power play, misogynoir. Misogynoir is a term created by Moya Bailey, the dean's postdoctoral fellow in digital humanities and women's gender and sexuality studies at Northwestern University, and it refers to the unique ways black women experience the compounding effects of anti-black racism and misogyny. I mean, that's intense. The cards were stacked against Hill from the beginning because she is a woman. But Thomas compared the hearing to a lynching. Uh, but when Thomas compared the, the hearing to a lynching, he likened the allegations toward him to the racist stereotype that black men are hypersexual. This deflected Hill's sexual harassment claims against him and fueled ideas that Hill was somehow a race traitor. Aye. Throughout the hearing, committee members were hostile to Hill, showed little understanding of sexual harassment. Hill was put on the defensive because of both her race and her gender feeding into a racist stereotype about black women's sexuality. If you think about the way the hearings were constructed, the hearings were really about Thomas's race and my gender. Hill said this in 2002. It was as if I had no race or that my race wasn't significant in the assessments that people made about the truthfulness of my statements. But how do you think certain people would have reacted if I had come forward and been white, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed? I, I was looking for a quote that, um, and I can't find it. Give, give, give uh, the fact checker a couple of keywords, see if he can uh, work his I, magic. I feel like Beyonce um, in Lemonade did like quoted it. It's like black women are the most. Um, I just found a quote. I think it's a Malcolm X quote that lemon that the uh, Lemonade sort of draws from, which is uh, Malcolm X said, "The most disrespected person in America is a black woman. The most unprotected person in America is a black woman. 
the most neglected person in America is a black woman. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. Yes, that is exactly the quote I was uh, searching for and could not find in my mind. And documented and and community fear of any type of abuse, domestic abuse, if she calls the police, Mm -hmm. what will happen to that black man? And Mm, how that is... Wow. That type of generational trauma and sort of community and cultural knowledge, the things that you just don't do, and how far and how much Anita put herself out there for yes. the greater good and got trashed. Totally. That, to me, really shook me to my core, um, the, the, the race traitor aspect. Because, like, oh, as a woman, you should protect this black man who, do, who did that to her and who eventually led her to have, you know, so much stress that she had to go to the emergency room, you know, because she was having these stomach pains. And eventually, you know, she did leave a job that she was passionate about. Um, You know, now, now she says, you know, she, of course, she's looked at the brighter side and she really does enjoy teaching her, her new career path. But at the time, like it was, that she she felt like she couldn't continue working under that kind of stress, and that is a, this is a story that um, of course has been you know told and felt and experienced by a lot of women in the workplace. Um, but for her then to like finally speak up and then be called a race traitor um, and all the things that she was you know called and, and labeled as well, especially is when she didn't even tragic. come to bring it to the table. Like they came to her and asked. And then she still gets all this backlash. So should we do something going back to the Senate Judiciary Committee? Should we put something like more in that area on the board? Yeah. So let's let's put those um, all all of the 14. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I I think we should bring out a few of them. One of them being Joe Biden. (gasps) We have to put Biden up on the Mm. board. Two, according to Vox, there are two main points on which Biden has been criticized when it comes to the Thomas uh, hearings. Activists have said that he could have done more to shield Hill from Republican attacks as the head of the Judiciary Committee and that he could have structured the hearings more fairly. Biden allowed Thomas to testify before and after Hill did. Mm. and did not call upon three women who could have testified about their own experiences with Thomas and office culture. Like, that just drives me mad. And same thing with the Kavanaugh hearing. Weren't there other people that were willing to talk? And people who were at least, let me just talk to the FBI. And they were like, we're good. File closed. (laughs) What's, it's a lifetime appointment. I don't know exactly why Biden didn't call upon these women. They were there. They were ready. They were in Washington. They were ready to go. They were like, you know, there was one of them who was just waiting in her lawyer's office, waiting to be called upon. Oh, my goodness. That's enraging. And you know what? It'll The answer will be well, the country needed to move on. We, we needed to get back to business. Right. We, right. you know, we needed to, you know, like, got to work both sides of the aisle, you know, show must go on like that's the yeah if you don't have a good argument usually you call for unity (laughs) 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 you know it's like when they they storm the capital that idiot jim what's his name the guy who's always yelling um jordan 
Jim Jordan was like, yeah. guys, so let's just like be friends. Like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> we need to move on. Like, this Shake is- hands. And another reason that they didn't call some of these witnesses, specifically one, was they didn't think they were, you know... Uh, uh, Credible? Credible. Credible is the word. Uh, so... Can we put on, is it, can we put concepts on the board or does it have to be? Yeah, no concepts. Well, uh, the, or just the belief that why, why don't women speak up when it happens? Right. Mm. So what you just described the lesson there, you're saying that means if they weren't credible, Anita Hill was credible and look what happened to her. So when stuff happens to me, why would I say anything? Why? Exactly. When it is clearly not safe. So there is no support for me. So what? Yeah. What what do we call that? that? What is is that just like like we not believing women or not believing women? Yeah. But it's 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 deeper than that. It's it's like it's it's the it's it's almost like a not a surrender, but it's like I give up as a woman. I give up. What's the point? Um, and Be, the being, other thing. being scared into silence. I mean, yeah. that's the scared into silence. That's good. Because that describes a lot. And I think we should also just throw up like workplace harassment, right, on the board as sure. well. Because that was <laughs> yeah. so commonplace back then. And another thing that, was, uh, I, that I found interesting was that they didn't call these witnesses up, but they did call, an, they, they, they cited an affidavit from uh, a John Doggett III. He was an acquaintance of Miss Hill and a law school friend of Judge Thomas that also charged that Miss Hill was quote, somewhat unstable. Mr. Dodgett said he believed that she had a romantic fantasy about him, a claim that Miss Hill denied, and Mr. Dodgett's testimony was bizarre and at times irrelevant. At one point, he talked about a random woman he met at a restaurant the previous night who told him to put your penis back in your pants. So huh? they they took the time to read this affidavit to kind of like, de, you know, defame Anita Hill. But then let's not call the other witnesses. I believe that what not made one of the other witnesses, uh, quote unquote, like credible was that she had quit another job and because she didn't like her boss and, you know, she felt like she was being treated unfairly or whatever. And she like wrote a memo afterward, like an angry memo. And that made all of a sudden that took away her credibility because she, you know, could get angry. <laughs> oh my god. god. Are you not supposed to be angry? <laughs> not women. Not women. No. Women are not supposed to be angry. So, uh, some of the other senators who were uh pretty terrible, uh Orrin Hatch, he... always always though, always. <laughs> he he is so consistent. <laughs> he um so he's he's uh this is from the daily beast the playing field was heavily tilted in thomas's favor when republican senator orrin hatch the ranking member in the judiciary committee then memorably floated the theory that hill's testimony about thomas asking in the workplace they shared uh who put a pubic hair on my quote was something contrived that hill had borrowed from the 1971 novel the exorcist Hatch and Hill, uh, Hatch said that Hill was working with slick lawyers and interest groups bent on destroying Thomas, that she was delusional and suffering from what Republicans termed erotomania. Oh, erotomania. That is so uh, infuriating. Is, the argument that she's obsessed with me. It's like, yeah, dude, you wish. Just so we are clear, erotomania is number one, excessive sexual desire. And number two, uh, a de- delusional 
uh, in which a person, typically a woman, believes that another person, typically of a higher social status, is in love with them. This is what it's defined as. Okay, so it's like when I thought I was the Hanson brothers were like sending me signals through their songs. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, Amanda, what, what did you get from Umbop? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought they, want, they were trying to like code it, tell me to come out and visit them, and I was saving my money to buy a plane ticket. <laughs> Oh my God, I recently had a dream that one of the Hanson brothers lived across the street from me. Am I am I currently having erotomania? Yeah, you are. <laughs> what Why is it about the Hanson brothers? <laughs> which brother? <laughs> the middle one, of we know, course. We all know which brother. Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Doubling back, I want to throw up on the board... Um, double standard for behavior or mm. there's something there like double standard for I want to say behavior but is there a better way to put it and I would defer to women you know we do expect women to behave a certain way oh and men get away with social like a want. like a social contract so, social or... behavior double standard yeah. maybe and you mean that in terms of how Thomas was behaving yes and also to to what you guys were sort of saying before about how anita hill had to be sort of sort of ride the line like and had to be so measured and like any kind of uh, emotion or anger was like used against her yeah how about the concept of the the angry black woman oh yeah and and that's come up recently um with megan markle uh when people talk about like well she has a veneer and i think she is very poised and does but she does have to dance a line if she's too angry uh or if she is makes too many jokes like it's just Mm. it's a dance that she has as a black woman has to really it's knife knife's edge all the time yeah Mm. but that's so easy so easy to be called that and if you watch the hearing or, or, or Anita Hill's testimony during the hearing, she is so like she is so strong. She is so calm. They're asking her the most ridiculous questions and obviously like pressing her to say things she doesn't want to talk about. If you go online, you can easily watch these clips. There's a Biden one, which is Jesus Christ, the one where he's asking her about Long Dong Silver. Um, she clearly doesn't want to talk about it, but she really keeps her composure so it just makes me think, like, even then, even when you do keep your composure, it you still lose. Yeah. It's a strong message. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just real quick. Can we just put, like, lifetime appointments on the board? Because yeah, does yeah, anyone else yeah. agree that that's kind of bullshit? Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. No one, no one should get a lifetime appointment. Like, no. That's so wild. Why? Why? We don't have a monarchy. <laughs> Yeah. But we have this. I want to talk about another uh, senator, Alan Simpson, which what he did kind of touches on something we were talking about earlier. So this is a, a transcript from, you know, when they were questioning Anita Hill and Senator Alan Simpson from Wyoming. He's a Republican. He says, but let me tell you, if what you say this man said to you occurred, why in God's name, when you left his position of power or status or authority over you and you left in 1983, why in God's name would you ever speak to a man like that the rest of your life? Hill responds, that's a very good question, and I'm sure that I cannot answer that to your satisfaction. That is one of the things that I have tried to do today. I have suggested that I was afraid of retaliation. I was afraid of damage to my professional life. And I believe 
that you have to understand that this response, and that is one of the, uh, the things that I have come to understand about harassment, that is that this response, this kind of response is not typical. Atypical. And I can't, uh, not atypical, sorry. And I can't explain. It takes an expert in psychology to explain how that can happen, but it can happen because it happened to me. Simpson then says, well, it just seems so incredible to me. <laughs> oh, oh, whatever. Uh, well, it seems so incredible to me that you would not only have visited with him twice after that period and after we, uh, he was no longer able to manipulate you or destroy you, that you, you then not only visited with him but took him to the airport and then 11 times contacted him. That part of it appalls me. That part of it appalls me. I, think, I would think that these things, what you describe, are so repugnant, so ugly, so obscene that you would never have talked to him again. And that is the most contradictory and puzzling thing for me. Wow. Wow. The privilege. <laughs> that part of me, of, of it appalls me. Not the fact that he did those things. <laughs> is this just like a lack of understanding of harassment victims? Like a- I think a... A lack of awareness, and I think you put this up on the board, but like a lack of awareness around sexual harassment in the workplace yeah. um, at the time. For, for many reasons. I, I, th- this conversation is coming up right now. Uh, I've seen a lot of posts with people saying like, every woman you know has hung back a little bit, has put her keys between her uh, fingers, has uh, circled the block uh, in her car a couple times because she, for fear of following, has stiffened up. Some guys do not get it or they don't care. I, I don't know. But like the con, like not a, truly not understanding what it's like to be a woman. I love to run. I love to run outside. I'm scared of being murdered during yeah. a run because it happens all the time. <laughs> so I strategically plan my runs, you know, in places that where I don't think I'll get murdered so that I can, you know, just go out, just be outside and do something I'd like to do. I can't just like run outside and, you know, uh, you know, there are hikes I would love to run. There are like beautiful parts of, of my, uh, where I live that I, I just don't do it because I'm scared that because there, there aren't enough, aren't enough people. You got to you got to get a gun. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yep. get a little gun on a string you wear around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> like a ju- uh, and like if you're a, a teacher, gun? yeah, a jewelry gun. <laughs> it's a, it's a locket. It's a locket. <laughs> it's cute. It's really cute. <laughs> like be like let's not be crazy. It's a gun locker that you carry around. <laughs> you unlock it. <laughs> And then it pulls out. <laughs> it telescopes and it, out, and then you, and it, then you're good guys, to go. It goes and it goes with everything. Everything in your closet, it looks fantastic. Yeah, chrome. <laughs> uh, just a time check here. We got to transition now. So if there's any last minute okay. hail marys we want to throw up on the board, now's the time. We could put Bush up on the board for uh, for the nomination. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and something Chris mentioned to me that I think we should put up on the board was civic duty. Ooh. Um, if oh, you yeah. watch the hearings on, on C-SPAN, like, it's so clear. She doesn't want to be there. She doesn't, she's not lying. She doesn't want to be there. And she, uh, but she feels like she has to because of civic duty. And she says this. 
like, I thought it was my civic duty. This guy's going to be like, like we were talking about nominated and, and he's going to be on the Supreme court forever. Like I felt like I had to come out and say that this happened to me. One thing I want to point out is that we, we, we sort of touched upon this, but you know, the, the laws of, of workplace harassment, like a perhaps we need to put up on the board, a lack of laws for workplace harassment. So like rape was illegal, right? But, you know, you had to prove, there was so much that went behind this. This is like historically, you had to prove not only that you forcefully tried to, not only that it was not consensual, but also that you forcefully tried to stop the rape. Mm. That was what, how you used to, you know, what you had to prove if you were alleging that someone raped you. And it's not till, um, I, I believe it's 1964, where the, the Civil Rights Act um, gets passed that that sexual harassment in the workplace kind of like gets folded in. And then there were like non-disclosure agreements that came into play with companies and just like ways that they worked the system so that it was harder to put out your claims of sexual harassment for women. You have to go through their own HR process. Uh, like you can't, you can't like file legal, you can't go, go to the law and be like, this is happening at work. You have to go through the company itself. Mm, interesting. Now we're going to go on a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to start knocking things off the list. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready get 20 20, ready get 15 15, 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so who's to blame for the Anita Hill hearings? Is it Clarence Thomas, the all-white Senate Judiciary Committee, Massage Noir, President Joe Biden, scared into silence, workplace harassment, Orrin Hatch, double standards, concept of angry black woman, lifetime appointments, Alan Simpson, George Bush, HW, civic duty, patriarchy, or the lack of laws for workplace harassment. So I think we can fold the patriarchy into the, the male Senate Judiciary Committee. Yeah. Because that's how, 
that's how they got there. And now what about also Alan Simpson, Orrin Hatch get folded into the Senate Judiciary Committee as well? Right. And then I would say President Joe Biden would maybe fall into that bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, he, you know, he was the, the, he was the head. head. He was the head. I mean, he, he, he was, was, he was the head. He was the head. <laughs> we can't, I know, but what are we going to do about Joe? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I honestly think he, it's okay if we're rolling these other guys up. I think we should roll Joe up into it as well because I think there's maybe larger structural issues more at play than Joe Biden. Let's leave him up on the board for a little longer. Okay. Because yeah. make him sweat. Let me do a little, okay. let me do a little yeah. fact checking to see sweat. how much power he had too. Yeah, um, get on it. He, I think he had it. Yeah, he definitely had it. <laughs> now, what oh. about like scared into silence, double standards could roll into like um, workplace harassment? Yeah, because we're talking about Anita Hill. We're talking about because um, I was going to say, well, some scared into silence is sometimes about like your spouse or, you know, the lots of reasons outside of the workplace but but in the context we're talking about what happened at Anita Hill and that was workplace harassment right I think that's good lifetime appointments <laughs> they're pretty bad actually they're pretty when bad you look at the list yeah I think we can take George Bush off I guess he was he's the one who nominated Thomas and he also like gave him the job uh, he previously had like for a year that was like a, a, one of those circuit judge appeals court um and he only had it like for a year and that was given to him by bush but it said it felt like he was being groomed by bush okay guys do you what i have an idea tell me if you hate it but should patriarchy yeah. stay up and take i mean isn't that the biggest thing here like it i feel like the it's all pretty white, massive yeah and it's like it, to me, all white Senate Judiciary Committee falls under patriarchy, not mm-hmm. not vice versa. Okay, okay. It's definitely the umbrella. The patriarchy is the umbrella for sure. Perhaps oh, the, we we keep the patriarchy, take out the Senate Judiciary Committee, and keep Joe Biden for now. Okay, we can roll the white Senate Judiciary Committee into the patriarchy i was just gonna say i think it's biden deserves to stay up a little longer because he could have called the other witnesses yeah that was the big one he made choices he made some choices now what about rolling up the concept of the angry black woman into massage noir i like that um and i guess we can't we shouldn't really send civic duty to jail i mean (laughs) we need it out there Because that's a that's a tough message to hear. <laughs> Especially that, now. then I won't do it. <laughs> if you're you're saying I can wash my hands of it, then fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> so we still have Clarence Thomas, Misogynoir, Biden, workplace harassment itself, uh, lifetime appointments patriarchy and lack of laws for workplace harassment maybe we fold we we keep lack of laws for workplace harassment although it's like people shouldn't be harassing people in the workplace like that's the patriarchy you don't need laws but that's the patriarchy because like having women in the workplace was like you know it was still in some ways like guys didn't want them there like it was a boys club you can imagine especially like in the world of politics 
Right. And it, yeah. it almost it like solidifies that message where it's like, it's a dangerous place for women. Like you shouldn't be here anyway. Oh, you can't take it. It's dangerous everywhere. Where can we be? <laughs> Tell me where I can go. <laughs> can't go running down a can't go running on a quiet hike. You can't go work. <laughs> you can't show up to jury duty because your civic duty I mean, is fucked no. up. What what is left? In line at Auntie Annie's? <laughs> that is the only safe place for us. The food court at the mall. At the mall. <laughs> Malls, malls are safe. I feel like that's why your parents let you go to them when you were a teenager. It's true, it's true. So I'm gonna roll workplace harassment into the patriarchy, and then we still have lack of laws for workplace harassment. Okay, yeah, which is kind of the patriarchy because they didn't make the laws. They're the ones making the laws at this point because there are few women in uh, in Washington. They're not. They're just not uh, thinking about making these laws. So that that is the patriarchy, isn't it? So I guess we can fold that in. Oh, so you want to fold? Yeah, la- lack of laws. Yeah, I think that yeah. can be fold into the patriarchy. We have to figure out the big slap as well. I mean, are we gonna let Clarence Th- Judge Clarence Thomas get away with this one? That's a tough one. I don't want to. I want to. I want to send him to jail. He did it. <laughs> I. I mean, I'm sorry. I. I believe Anita Hill. I believe her. But all of these things, and I'm sorry if this is not in the right time or place, is the patriarchy. Is it not, for the most part, here? Well, well, no. I mean, it, it is. I mean, there... Yeah. But, but also, there are other... There were other guys who didn't harass her. Yes. Yeah, I count myself among them. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I count myself among those Thank men. you so much for your service. <laughs> You know what? It's my civic duty. Just leave leave Anita Hill alone. (laughs) I think maybe it's time we wrap up Joe Biden into the patriarchy. Okay. Yeah. I I did want to kind of give him a slap, but yeah, I think you're right. Slapping the president. (laughs) He he would forgive me if I sat down and explained why. I feel like we could talk about it. Yeah. And what about lifetime appointments? Those can come off as well now? Yes. Oh, cool. Do, what Kulop do you think, Kulop? think so? So problematic, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, she deserved it. <laughs> it's she funny. Did. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, curi- I'm curious to look more into this, but I mean, I just was just sort of reading why there are lifetime appointments, and it's really just so that it's not politi- politicized, basically. So you get people in there. And they can basically make political careers out of it. So uh, you, you might run the risk of having more conservative justices That's or more interesting. liberal mm. justices if they're only in there for, right, they know they're only in there for eight years or whatever. If they don't have to run for election, they don't have to like please oh. any part of their... Uh, but, but the problem is then like for, for Clarence Thomas, he's like, you know what? I'm a, I, this is like being chosen as a priest. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. He, he gets to be that. his. Yeah. Like it's it, that's and that's why they want those because they get a conservative for a lifetime that there will not be turnover that they're, you know, as we move forward, our population is not becoming more Republican. And they know that that's what gerrymandering ah. is about. That's what, you know, like it's it, it is it is clearly politicized. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Maybe the solution is to just have them do like a 10 year term and then it's over and then you get to retire. Now, what if we narrow it down between either the patriarchy or massage noir? Because they're similar. Massage noir, obviously, is anti black racist misogyny. It encompasses a lot of it. But do we think. It's kind of complicated here because, yes, Anita Hill was a black woman, but then we also saw what happened to Christine Blase Ford as well. And she was a white woman, but she was accusing a white man. So I I don't know. I I really don't know. But while that is true, we are talking about the Anita Hill hearing specifically. Right. So maybe we wrap up patriarchy into massage noir. I I like that, Amanda. I think let's let's. Let's be specific here. Okay. To Anita Hill. Okay, so we'll roll in the, the patriarchy into massage noir. So between these next three, what are we going to give the big slap and what are we sending to jail? We've got Clarence Thomas, we've got massage noir, and lifetime appointments. See? I've, mm, yeah. Okay, well, this, this is what I, what I would do. I, I, would, I would slap Clarence Thomas and I would put the patriarchy in jail. Oh, that that would be what I would do, because the fact that it is the patriarchy that put her in that position, that's set uh, with the Biden of it all, with the, you know, make, forcing her into be, coming out publicly, all of those men questioning her in the manner in which they questioned her. Um, and because Clarence Thomas, uh, he... The rules of the workplace patriarchy, regardless of skin, put her in that position Mm -hmm. and used her skin against her. That's patriarchal. And that's a larger. God. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, (laughs) no. I I, I I understand. There's a lot lot to that. I mean, you're making a compelling case. I mean, the patriarchy has. Or misogyny, or how misogynoir. That there's, a, they have their fingerprints all over this thing. I mean, from the society that set up an uncomfortable workplace for Anita Hill to be in in the first yeah. place, to the behavior that was been allowed, sort of you know passively allowed for anybody to speak to anybody else like that in a workplace, to the proceedings, to the way they questioned her. It all, it all is very. That there, that that's a system set up yeah. by a male-dominated society. Yeah. That you know, it's it's you, you make a good case. Cool up. Okay, I I you like how I just mansplained that. No, <laughs> no, but oh, now I get it. Yeah, no, I you repeated it. what she uh, said, but you have a deeper voice. So <laughs> yeah, I had too much vocal fry. Very sorry. <laughs> oh, you know what I'll do? I'll edit out Kulop saying it, so everyone just thinks it was Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just 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 stick to Aloha Kula. Uh, Aloha. <laughs> okay, I you know what? I hear that. Oh, shoot, um, but, I, but I am backtracking because it is the mis- uh, I mean just the the double-edged sword of the misogynoir of like Inity Hill um receiving it from everyone mm-hmm. and having it turned on her by Clarence Thomas. That's it's brutal. It's so brutal. It is. Yeah. It, it, and that I, is a very that's we yeah. cannot forget that she had a race too. And that that was her point when she said 
Thomas, ha- I was only had a gender, and he only had a race. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They took. Right. They tried to take that away, and and I think that it's a part. It's an important part of the equation here. So, and I think that that does encompass it in a way. So perhaps we. Yeah, I think you're right. We send Misogynoir to the alarmist jail, and we give Clarence Thomas the big slap. Mm. Yeah. I su- I, I, want, I personally want to do it the, the opposite way. I, and I understand that. I, I really do. I mean, he look, he lied under oath. These guys just get away what a with snake. lying under oath. And he, yeah. And he's in the position he's in. Mm. We could, and he we could, gets he got away with we it. We could send him to jail. I mean, he, <laughs> if we want him off the court, <laughs> I have, do. We'd have an opening. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, we have an opening. I want to do it. <laughs> you guys, it's our civic duty. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I think I'm going to call it, you guys. And okay. I really am grateful for your support. Um, Massage Noir, you're getting the big slap. Judge Clarence Thomas, you're going to the alarmist jail. Wow. All right. I hope wow. I hope I don't have to I don't have to bring any cases uh, to the Supreme Court anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that too. <laughs> that would be quite a turn. <laughs> <laughs> your your quarantine pivot is greater than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Kulap, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for Anita Hill. Thanks, guys. After the hearings, Hill, in an interview with the New York Times, when asked about Joe Biden, said, quote, Well, let me just say that my concern at this moment is that 27, almost 28 years later, what we want from our leaders is for someone or some ones to step up and say, what happened in 1991, what happened in 2018 will never happen again. And beyond that, that the government is going to put together all of the resources that it has to make sure that the government processes are a model for what is going on in our workplaces. We want them not to be the bad example that we learn from, but the good example. And it has to start with leadership at the top. Follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The to submit your ideas on who you think should go up on the board. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the classic horror film, Carrie. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.